0: because if you go to a therapist and all, you know you find one that you trust and you start to open up and things start to feel a little better then all of a sudden your insurance company comes back and socks you with a $9,000 <laughs> bill that you can't afford sure and you have to then either go find another doctor or stop that's creating trauma right exactly right? that's exactly. creating trauma there's so much stuff the within
1: cycle. the system that is itself traumatizing
0: What's up everyone? Thank you so much for being with us today. This is the Deviants Welcome podcast brought to you by Volatile Patients. I am John and with me as always my co-host Sel. Say hi to the people Sel. Hi the people. Fantastic. As you probably have already noticed I'm having one of my lovely days where I can't fucking breathe. So I'm going to do my best to struggle through this one and for uh, those of you who have a, a hard time listening to someone who's nasal, I apologize. There's nothing I can really do about it today.
1: Yeah. We've got, we've got friend of the pod guesting allergies. (laughs) Uh, Believe me,
0: I have tried everything. Almost an irresponsible amount of medication has gone into my body in the last four hours trying to get rid of this and it's not gone and maybe making it worse. So sweet. Yeah. Speaking of irresponsible drug use,
1: we are, uh, (laughs) no, uh, that's not what we're speaking about. No.
0: Um, one of the common threads that I'm hearing from those of uh, th- those who want to keep their guns in the wake of all these shootings, because we had another one. Yeah.
1: Again. I, and, and well, actually, in in the time since then, there has also been like two more that made news. Right. That's great. (laughs) And and there's probably more that didn't make news.
0: Right, which means half of us are still getting real heavy on the whole, we need to ban guns, ban assault rifles, and ban high-capacity magazines. And the other side now is getting hip to the argument of, well, we need to fix mental health. And I'm like, yes, that, but actually do it. You know, yeah, that, but actually do it. That's the, that's Not just the, words.
1: That's the, that's the rub there is the, right. the, but actually do it. Right. Um, and it's like,
0: I buy that, I'm Sure. but I don't believe for a second, you're actually going to do anything other than deflect with the mental health uh, right. Uh, argument.
1: Right. Like get us some actual real funding for people being able to have access to mental health care. Right. And, and by, by have access, I mean, they don't have to like put in debt themselves out of pocket in order to get mental health care and also like get some infrastructure going some way or another, some kind of incentive programs to get more therapists and psychiatrists and whoever else from wherever else to come here and do some of the work. Right. Well, one of the (laughs) biggest
0: roadblocks we discussed back, I think it was like episode four or something where I had uh to trained psychologists in the field that right. are out working, they were telling us some of the the biggest issues we had. The and infrastructure one of the is just they shit. They said <laughs> was that insurance companies won't pay out without a diagnosis, right? And you don't get it. It's not like when you go to the doctor and you're like, my nose is stuffy, right? And they give you a diagnosis. Like that.
1: Mental health isn't like that. Or at least within a couple hours. Right. Like this is something where you have to like, yeah, with the, with the mental, with real mental health, like diagnoses, you have to fucking like get to know the person, get to know a little bit of their history and all this other kind of shit in order to be able to make one in the first place.
0: Right. With physical health, you can get a diagnosis real quick. Right. But with mental health, it can take days. Weeks, right? Months, right? And the insurance companies are treating this. Well, this is a broken bone. Just slap a band aid on it. Tell me what you need to pay for it, and then we'll pay you right. out. And then half but the time we can't do that, which means people are, like you said, going broke trying to come out of pocket, right? Just so they can be
1: happy, right? Or at least not fucking.
0: Sad. Debilitatingly (laughs) sad.
1: Right. Not depressed, not whatever is ailing them. Right. Because that's the other thing is that there's a whole bunch of shit out there that is stuff that like various therapies and whatnot can work for or at least can help with. Right. But they're not even covered. So like half the time there's some stuff out there that that the mental health professionals are like writing it up as other shit. Right. In order to get the insurance to cover it because the insurance doesn't doesn't cover what it actually is. Yeah.
0: They're trying to help their fucking patients to, and work the system right. because the system is it's not working. It's so
1: damn broken right. that they have to do that.
0: So it would be really great.
1: And that's just walking in the door.
0: Right. So it would be really great if all this talk from the public inside about, oh, we need to overhaul the mental health system. Yes, we do. Do it. Right. Now. Right. <laughs> But like do it,
1: <laughs> do it though. We're yeah. in this like really weird spot right now where we have Republicans like going, Okay, uh, I'll give you mental health, but allow me to keep extended mags. Cool. <laughs> right. Give me mental give, health. Give me mental health. Right. Because honestly, and we've detailed
0: this on the podcast before. I don't believe guns are the problem. I don't think sure. you can blame an inanimate object for the no. the actions of a sentient being right. that has, you know, right. capable thought processes. Right. And and things processes. Sure. Sure. Um, You know, you can't blame an inanimate object for the the actions of a person.
1: What it ultimately comes down to is like the whole characteristics of our society is broken in such a way where there's multiple triggers that can cause people to go off on fucking you know, shooting sprees, right? Like where there's, there's all kinds of stressors that can just cause people to snap and mental health absolutely could be a huge factor in that. Honestly, it's not going to do be enough really because the mental health thing is, is, is it's a start. It's better than nothing. Right. But, but like ultimately at the end of the day, it's probably, it probably is better than gun bans. honestly,
0: well, yeah, because if you if mentally ill if mentally ill people can't get guns, they'll just get knives, right? They'll watch YouTube videos and make bombs, right? 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 I mean, like this is the and, anarchist and, cookbook has been around forever. You mean to tell me they can't fight? I had somebody with the gun control argument tell me, oh, well, they can't,
1: you know, guns or
0: bombs are really hard to make. I'm like, they had bombs in Columbine, they
1: just didn't go off, right? Like, or, or they were not super effective. Like, they it's were there, kind of small.
0: No, they. Oh, from what I read, they didn't go off. They I, didn't get a chance to detonate them. Okay. Anyway. The the point is, if they don't have guns, they're gonna find something else. Right. You have to fix like the root cause. This and you're is... you're exactly right. Mental illness among so many other factors. You know. Yeah. I- Income disparity, right? You know, being able to find affordable housing, right? The all these things, (laughs) all of
1: these things, job availability, like your job, your (laughs) your 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 boss at your job, not being a total dick, right? You know, all of these things are factors that that are playing into this, and and we're acting like it's these weird isolated little things. Like this person has a perfectly normal, healthy, everything is fine life, and. His, and, and his brain just broke. that's not what happened. No right like it, it, you know he, he was he was almost certainly he usually because it usually is a he in these in these cases for the vast majority of them right and and he, whoever it happens to be in any particular situation is almost certainly like statistically speaking consuming some kind of crazy conspiratorial right wing hate content. If not, if not, like, full-on, like, blatant Nazi propaganda. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, you know I mean? the
0: people in this country that think they're leftists, you know, that are just a little left of center, sure. they don't like guns. So it can't be them.
1: A little left of right. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: So, to the mental health point. I read an interesting article that was trending this week about a therapist who actually tried MDMA therapy. Yes. For those of you who don't know, MDMA is a street name, ecstasy,
1: I guess. Well, the kids are calling it Molly, Molly these days. Yeah, but like back in our day, Molly was like restricted to the yep. like pure powder Molly, form. Yeah. Not Molly anything was that the shit impressed. you're paying double for <laughs> because
0: it's going to fucking work really well. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that like that not by coincidence right um, we all know right if you know you know if you know you know <laughs> but MDMA therapy taken by a therapist mm-hmm. and you know it got me thinking we've we've touched on this a little bit in the podcast sure but I totally believe that and, and we together uh-huh. in instances with you know other large groups of our friends yes have actively tried this type. I mean I guess you could call it therapy yeah a lot of it was partying
1: yeah but okay. there was also
0: sure. there was also some aspects in our parties, yes, where you know there was a little bit of like introspective and it was kind of therapeutic because we right. understood that yes, these are you know bunny ears party drugs, sure, right? But they also, if you're
1: using them as tools, yes, then they can be used as, as tools, tools. And, and 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 so super effectively, I would argue that a couple of fucking early 20-something fucking nobodies with no real, like, in-depth schooling in psychology were able to, like, use these tools in a way that is probably not as functional as it could have been used if it was used by a real professional in this way. (laughs) that actually had been schooled in it and knew. Right, right. But, yeah,
0: like, we were able to use that stuff. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, a little bit on this article, this... This lady, she underwent some therapy where she took a, it, it's kind of like a microdose, I guess you could call it. Okay. Um, of MDMA. Sure. And then she went through a session. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing quite a bit, but, you know, a lot of what she found is that this drug, this substance, mm-hmm. kind of helps you unpack some shit. Sure. It, it, takes yeah. down the walls that we instinctively put yeah, up. Absolutely. So you can unlock some of that trouble whenever you and I would do the parties yeah. with with people that didn't know. Yeah. Like the, with, with new people. Sure. We had to tell you. Like here's a disclaimer. If you're nervous about this, don't do it yet. Right. Okay? <laughs> if you don't feel good about it, don't do it yet because this is a mood enhancer. Mm-hmm. It will enhance whatever mood you're in. And we've certainly had bad trips. <laughs> Those are not fun but it's because of the power these substances have and the uses that you can or the the uses that you can
1: experience just just a little bit of a disclaimer john on this one is 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 kind of like expanding beyond the scope of just mdma into some of the other you know quote unquote party drugs substances right right <laughs> that that um you know some of them are mood enhancers mdma it kind of depends on what, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's the same it's, type of thing as what sure. it does is, you know, it, it boosts
0: the serotonin boosts. level of your brain. Sure. Yes. Like by a lot. By a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it definitely boosts that chemical that make you ha- makes you happy. Yes. But all of these things have a lowering of inhibitions yeah. in common. Yeah. Right. And when you lower your inhibitions, when you start taking walls down. Yeah. It's easier then to take walls down.
1: Yeah, we can get and into in the science of that therapy, in a second. Because <laughs> I got it. I, I can go I can go deep on that. <laughs>
0: well and
1: and we'll touch on it a little bit. I'll give sure. you a little time. Sure. <laughs> but the thing about it is
0: when you're in therapy, it is essential for you to find a way to take down the walls. Right. And and access that trauma that has created behavioral changes right. in your everyday life. Exactly. Whether it's what you're doing or how you're feeling. And you can't just uncover that stuff real easy because you spent time building walls to hide it. Right. So if you take you, a substance <laughs> like this, it becomes a little easier to access.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, with, with MDMA, just uh, on on it alone, there's like so many mechanisms for how it could work, right? Like you've got, first of all, the increased serotonin levels. So you're just feeling better to begin with. Absolutely. Right. So um, happy. Which to... to for, for people who like SSRIs don't work for them or some of these other depression drugs don't work for them. If their serotonin levels are adequate, they just aren't being adequately released. Then a microdose of that of, of MDMA as a substitute for SSRIs or any of these other ones is, is something that could work without a lot of the side effects. Right. Right. Because like when we were partying hard on this shit, like sure we might end up being bummed for the, a couple days afterwards because we had fucking like zeroed out our serotonin levels right. and we were up all night and fucked up and de- dehydrated and all that other stuff. Right. But like in, in the, in the vast scheme of things, like the level of, of, of like side effect was less than a night of heavy drinking. Absolutely. Oh my <laughs> God. Absolutely. for, And that was was going hard on it. Like this isn't using it for a therapeutic level where you don't have to to like consume as much as we were consuming.
0: Right. Instead of like going on a a one night drinking binge. Uh Right. We would go on a two day ecstasy roll. And then after that, instead of nursing a hangover that was making you puke, making you feel just disgusting, sensitive to light Mm. and just all around just nasty feeling right mm-hmm. the day after a two day bender <laughs> on ecstasy is all right we're going to hang out in this mostly dark room uh-huh. we're going to smoke some weed uh-huh. we're going to uh-huh. hang out and watch some tv or something <laughs> and just have
1: a chill day drink some water try to sleep <laughs> exactly
0: But that's that's all it is it's not nearly as debilitating right and the, you're right the side effects aren't even close right they aren't even close
1: um, another thing that, it, that I, I recently looked into on this was that it has been determined, like this is scientifically evidenced, I don't want to say proof, but like it, 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 there's a strong portion of this, is uh, it also increases through some mexi- mechanism the uh, level of oxytocin levels.
0: OK, in our blood,
1: for those which, of you who don't know, that's like the love chemical, that, uh,
0: that chemical that gets released when you're in a new relationship with somebody. And yeah, Everybody gets the butterflies. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, oxytocin.
1: it's 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 the social reward system. It's basically like the social version of dopamine. Right. Right. Um, And and that is the one that I would say is probably the big one for a therapy setting in terms of bringing the walls down you've now been chemically enhanced to trust this person more absolutely, and be willing to spill your spleen to them a little bit more, absolutely. which, which for a lot of people is like the big hangup. They get caught, they get caught up with a therapist that there's that, you know, it's their favorite one out of all of the therapists that they've found so far, but they still have to do months or years Of coming to trust this person before they really start to get through to the breakthroughs that really help them. And if you can skip a lot of that stuff and start jumping closer towards the breakthrough right off the bat, then you're now looking at at, you know, reducing the amount of time necessary that has to be spent on getting to that point, which in an overburdened healthcare or in an overburdened mental health care system. It would be huge just for allowing the amount of people that we have here trained already to do it now to be able to make progress so that people that, you know, maybe need a smaller uh, uh, amount of therapy can get their shit together and, and move on. Whereas some of the people who are more intensive don't have to get, like, kicked out the door untreated, essentially. Right. Because there there there's not enough progress being made right absolutely there's so many levels of just with the infrastructure as it exists now just this one thing could be so huge in terms of helping it
0: absolutely and it's it seems like a no-brainer if you're the insurance company Why not revolutionize your system? Because once you do that, right, you don't want to pay out until you have a diagnosis. How do you get a quicker diagnosis? Put this effort into the actual system. Right. Right. Revolutionize the system. Make it easier to access help. Right. Make it easier for people to go and get the help they need when they need it, and you'll get your diagnosis a whole lot faster. Right. Because people can actually go and get the help they need. Right. Instead of continually creating this. Because if you go to a therapist and you you find one that you trust— and you start to open up and things start to feel a little better, then all of a sudden your insurance company comes back and socks you with a $9,000 <laughs> $9, bill that you can't afford. Sure. And you have to then either go find another doctor or stop. That's creating trauma. Right. Exactly. Right? That's exactly. creating there trauma and so perpetuating cycle. There is so much stuff the within
1: the system that is itself self-traumatizing.
0: Exactly. Who'd have thought red tape bureaucracy is traumatizing. <laughs> but yes, it is. Yes. Especially in this instance. You know, if I'm not mistaken, MDMA used to be prescribed as an antidepressant correct um or at least experimented with experimented
1: with as would be the better way to say it yeah 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 that this was like during the whole tim leary everybody doing acid fucking like that period of time uh it was it was something that was being experimented with and there was some progress being made on that front um there were a lot of people that were that were finding uh mdma and analogs um, more on that later, um, to be very helpful. But uh, then, speaking of later, um, all of that kind of ended with the Narcotics Analogue Act of 1984. You got Thirty seconds. Go. Okay. The ni- oh, What that basically did. Oh shit. Thirty seconds. Holy fuck. Okay. Five. Okay. let <laughs> right, we'll start the clock again. I love doing it. <laughs> fuck you. Do.
0: Here we go. Take a deep Just breath. Just put me on on the yep. spot like that. Deep breath. Okay. Four three two one
1: go okay so what that basically did was it allowed the DEA to like do an emergency one-year ban on any chemical that was chemically similar not necessarily pharmacologically similar to existing known narcotics
0: oh
1: okay okay so um what that what that ultimately comes down to is if you have a chemical uh, uh, narco- a known narcotic that has a certain uh chemical Setup. then if it is any way similar to that, whether it behaves the same way or not, they can just say, you can't use that anymore. Well, you had 35 seconds, but I totally get that.
0: <laughs> and yeah, that's, I mean, cool. The government is now telling you what you can and cannot put right. in your body. Sweet.
1: Right. Yeah. And well, see the funny thing about that is like the this is what has ended up creating a lot of these medications with the wonky side effects because like a lot of the known narcotics are are, are all made up of like oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, fucking carbon, like all of these things that are like essential building blocks of right. life that are arranged. Essential in our bodies anyway. Right. That are arranged in certain ways that in some time in some cases it makes you fucking high and does have bad effects. Right. Right. Um but when you now have taken away the ability to use analogs, which is ones that might be chemically similar but have slightly different arrangements. Right. Okay, you've now taken away this whole vast uh, territory of of potential chemicals that may not have the crazy say, same side effects. Or if they're not used as a party drug and are used as, you know, therapy, don't have the side effects at all. It's, so the, it, it's the quantity consumed that creates the, the, the side right. effects in the first place. So, right. So—, so so now what we have now is we have these drug companies trying to make these things, and they're using fluorine as their base because it's not in a whole lot of these other chemicals, right? right? And I'm not going to, like, really dig in deep into the fucking, like, fluoride conspiracy theory shit but because, like, what it ultimately comes down to is a lot of the things that those people say are true, they're just not true at the quantities that most of us consume fluorine and fluoride at, right? Right. But when we are consuming at those levels that most of us are, and then you're also adding in the consumption that's coming in from mental health medication, now you're starting to get into some of those territories where maybe you are starting to brush the edges of some of the, the, the problems that can come from fluorine or what's what's behind it. Way to not touch on fluorine. Uh, um, so I, I could have um, gone, uh, gone way deeper, bro. I know. <laughs> who, just because you could have gone way
0: deeper doesn't mean you didn't go there. Sometimes I got to keep you on track. And coming back around to it, to summarize what you – What you said there, it's essentially like we took something that worked for the problem we were trying to solve, Uh right? And we put a blanket thing over it because Uh the side effects were bad, uh, determined to be bad by somebody. By somebody. Yeah. And so we then, instead of revolutionizing the things that already worked and just making them better, we took them off the table entirely. Right. So now you got to come up with a, a synthetic or you know not native to our body chemistry solution right that just creates right. worse stuff and cool oxycotton
1: awesome. <laughs> awesome right? awesome um what's 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 really like the most infuriating to me about this ultimately at the end of the day is this law was made in 1984 the first fmri where you could actually in real time measure the effects of drugs on brains didn't come out or wasn't like invented and found to be functional until 1990. Wow. So so we weren't even getting accurate information. We weren't even getting accurate information anyway. At best, we had MRIs, which were like, you know, the ability to measure the person while they're on the drug, not so much there. Whereas nowadays, like a lot of those, a lot of the testing that has been done that has allowed for this kind of research to reemerge, has happened because you were able to do the studies with the functional magnetic re- resonance imaging.
0: Right. And and we are getting kind of – I feel like we're just going – we're going in that direction, especially with like mushrooms are starting to kind of get decriminalized in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, you know, microdosing of mushrooms is actually being recommended for certain things. For I believe depression is sure. one of the things you can do. Lots of stuff. You know, and it's one of those things that, like you said, you know, two, two kids in their mid-20s with – with like like one year of one or two years of like college level psychology understanding. Right. Right. We're able to figure out that they don't have to be just drugs. That's a scary word. Right. You can use these as tools. Right. If you use them responsibly.
1: Right. If you use them, you know, as with with some level of like goal in mind, if right. you use them with purpose, something beyond just having a good time. Which they're good for that too, exactly. Like, <laughs> Great for that too. We
0: used to we used to call them mental vacations. Right. You can't afford a medicate. You can't afford a vacation because vacations cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> right. Right. Here's a vacation, twenty bucks, and right. I will give you a vacation <laughs> for the next ten hours. And oh, by the way, take the day off tomorrow. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right.
1: Drink drink lots of water, but not too much. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but it's the type of thing where you know everybody. Oh, oh ecstasy is scary. All right, not if you keep I mean, yourself hydrated, not if you know who you're getting it from. Right. Not if, you know, if, if you take steps to responsibly consume the substance, Right. it's not dangerous. Like, if you are making not sure. Not at all.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you're you responsibly are, using it, exactly. it is not at all dangerous. If you are irresponsibly using it, then you're maybe starting to tip over into danger territory. Well, and that's the thing, though.
0: Like, if you're planning a party with your friends and you want to do some ecstasy, right? Don't plan on taking five pills. That's dangerous, (laughs) right? right? Understand that one pill will take you from eight to ten hours, right? And you can't do the thing that most alcoholics do where they drink one shot, wait five minutes, ago, go, I'm not drunk yet. No, that's bad. (laughs) You have to wait a while. But, like, if you're planning something like that, And you're making sure that with your sourcing of pills, you're also sourcing water. Right. Or Gatorade. Right. Or, you know, your glow sticks or whatever kind (laughs) of things you're doing to entertain yourself. Sure. So you have all this stuff at the ready. Right. There was a time where uh, my fiance and I, Decided we were gonna try we were gonna do mushrooms. Uh-huh. and one of the worst parts about it was that I didn't have the music set up ahead of time. Oh, so so mid-try and figure I'm out how to technology deal with works. technology and it doesn't work, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So but that's the type of thing where if you do it responsibly, you plan ahead mm-hmm. and I would I would argue it's not unsafe at all. Like if right. you take proper safety precautions, sure. you ain't got no worries. No. You have eight to ten hours of fun. Right? Which which could have some rough patches, but for
1: the most part, fun.
0: But again, you know, if you make sure that you're hydrated, right? If you're not running out into traffic because you, you bought glow sticks and got music and have stuff to do, right? If you're, if you're planning the experience responsibly, you don't have anything like that to worry about.
1: If you're not in a rough mental state to begin with. Exactly. Right. Because that's the big thing on that, on that one is that if you're doing it recreationally, then you better be in a good mindset to do it recreationally. Because if you're not in a good mindset, this is about to become a therapy session, whether you want it to or not. Right.
0: (laughs) And it's the type of thing where if,